Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Jay Sellers from City Cheers. Jay, it's really nice to have you on. Oh, great to be here, Brad. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Let's dive in. What are you up to? Who are you? All that stuff. I'd love to just hear the inside scoop on that. I'm Jay Sellers. I work for City Cheers Media. I have a background in selling into restaurants technology solutions, typically POS systems and third-party solutions that work around the tech stack to help restaurants stay profitable during these tough times. I led North America sales for Aloha POS for about 10 years, and I got to know a lot of the third-party solutions that bolt on top of the POS system to help restaurants just recognize revenue. And left NCR in 2020, and about Three to four months after that, I got a call from a gentleman named Paul Langenbaum, who was the president of NCR for years and years. I think he started out as a technician, and after 30 years, they they gave him the keys to the company. And he asked me if I was interested in getting back into a sales management position. And I said, I don't know. What's the solution? And he introduced City Cheers Media, and he introduced me to the CEO and the head of technology. And he said, Jay, they do a lot of different things, but really, I think that they've, they've struck gold with the payment app side of restaurants, being able to use contactless payment methods to, to pay for your check at the end of the restaurant. And, and I laughed and I said, Paul, you and I have worked together long enough to know that I can throw a rock down the street and hit six different payment apps and all of them have their challenges. What makes this one different? And so he further explained to me the revenue model and things, but he basically wanted to get me in front of their CEO. And so year and a half, we've done it. So what we've done is we have taken the ability to, no matter what restaurant you go to with what POS system they have, the server can hit two buttons and throw your active check that's on the POS system on your cell phone. So essentially what we've done is we've married the payment experience with Uber or Lyft, where everything's right on your phone, you can tip, rank service, and hit pay and go. We've married that with a marketing component of Facebook or Instagram for restaurants. And we've really made it a little unique because of the fact that we give this away free to the restaurants, but we charge the end consumer a 50 cents transaction fee every time they use their phone to dine and dash. And so consumers are loving it now. They never wait on a check again, never had to flag down that server because you've got it on your phone. You just get up and go. I love that. It's a really, it's a really creative idea. Pay and leave. You don't have to wait and all that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time, for the last 70 years, that industry has taught us that we need to wait for the server to bring us that final bill. Leveraging technology that we have today, it's not an issue. Now, granted, it's been really hard. <laughs> it's taken us six years to get to this level to say, we are here now. We are ready to solve one of the biggest problems with dining out. And that's creating a frictionless customer experience. Yeah. Seems like a win-win too, because then the servers don't have to mess with all the getting checks and all that stuff. Yeah. If you think about it, the server uses the POS for two things, firing orders to the kitchen and the bar, and then doing the transaction of paying out at the end of the meal. If we can eliminate that whole step, then that server has so much more time to actually be selling and interacting with guests at the table or maybe helping to host out or maybe bussing some tables. 
But essentially what we say is we've replaced the transaction of going out and eating with more interaction from your server. And so we've let that server is a real brand ambassador for the restaurant. So we want, we want to leverage them more. Very cool. So what does the sales of this space look like? Who are you selling to? What's that persona? What's the process all that stuff? Great question. We actually sell to everybody, it feels like. Right now, we're going to market through a couple of different channels, POS vendors, merchant processors, third-party solutions like gift card solutions or loyalty solutions that are already embedded in these restaurants and then can use this customer experience for even making it a better dining experience. So we're leveraging those guys. So I find myself selling to them, saying, hey, Mr. Patronics, Patronics is a large or punch. They're both a, a large loyalty program provider for a lot of the enterprise restaurants out there. Let me explain to you why leveraging our relationship is going to make you more successful and more sticky to stick with your current customer and grow your business more. And so I'm selling a lot of that. We also have a, a channel division that sells strictly through food distributors like your U.S. Foods or your Cisco, or your Benny Keith. We've also got relationships set up with Molson Coors, and we're working through some of the beverage distributors. We're hitting it a lot of different areas, but we have not forgotten the core. The core is my group of outside and inside sales. We're based in Dallas, Texas, and so we, we definitely have feet on the street, knocking on doors. I myself are still going to meetings and handling objections and trying to close customers on the spot. So that's where the fun stuff happens. I love it. So how is sales maybe a little bit different today than it was a few years ago? What are some things that you think are increasingly becoming important when it comes to sales? Well, you know, it's interesting. Has things changed? I like to say things also stay the same. Simply because you've got a lot of large companies now. Seeing how I've worked with Fortune 500 companies, now I'm working with a startup. Sometimes you find yourself trapped in a company that sometimes will lead by spreadsheets is what I like to say. Typically they're managing their human resources, maybe not with production, but cost and associations. And so therefore we've seen a lot of companies actually let go of some very quality sales folks. Just recently, I would say this year, I've probably gone through a couple of hundred people that I know personally that I've worked with in the past that have pinged me on LinkedIn or said, Hey, What's, what, where is all the action happening right now? Because when I see large companies shutting the doors on salespeople, I'm able to hop on with them and reconnect them with some of these third parties that I'm working with that are in a growth mode. Everybody's nervous about interest rates going up and Q4 results and Q1 results. But the reality of it is there are some incredible, incredibly innovative and creative companies that are hitting the same landscape and they're wanting to hire and benefit from cuts that are happening at the larger companies. Mom used to always say for every door that shuts, there's a window that's open. So just find that window and go get the next opportunity. I love it. I love that perspective. What are things that you're doing as we head into the next year? What are activities that maybe you're ramping up on? What are strategies you're implementing? Where are you doubling down your efforts when it comes to sales? So our situation is pretty unique simply because we're not actually selling a solution. We're giving it away to people just to put on their system. And it's a full circle. It's a, a symbiotic relationship that the consumer has with the restaurant. The restaurant loves our solution, number one, because it's compliant. It's PCI. They're not going to have any more credit card fraud. We've actually eliminated 
credit card chargebacks and walkouts and different benefits for the restaurant for that. But the key thing is one thing that our app does is it allows the restaurant tour to actually speak into their own phone and say things like, hey, it's Monday night football tonight. We're going to do $5 picture of Modelo and we're going to do tacos, however you want them. <laughs> Come see me. I'll, I'll, happy hour starts at 430. I'd love to see you there before five and hit send on their phone. And that goes out to tens of thousands of people that live and work in that area that really know that restaurant. So giving the restaurateur the ability to have a one-to-one -one connection with people that already love and know the restaurant is an incredible thing. So the restaurants love that ability to, to drive people back in, to bring their friends and to spend more money. But then the consumer, what's in it for the consumer? The consumer has to download the app, They've got to build a profile, which has got a couple of hurdles with it. We've solved for a couple of those. But the consumer, when they see, when you see the look on their face that they can literally hit tip, hit a five-star ranking for the server and hit pay, and then they can just get up and walk out. I have seen multiple people, especially with a certain group of friends that I have that will pause and say, wait a second, this feels weird. I feel like I'm dining and dashing and I don't want this to, I, I want to tell my server bye. A lot of times the servers are there with you walking out, but once, once they have that moment of realization that, wait a second, I did just pay the tip. I did just close out the check right there. There's nothing for my server to do. That light goes off. And so we see more and more people wanting the app because of that. Restaurants love it for the marketing component of it. And it solves several problems for them, but it's our challenge right now is Make sure the restaurants have it on their system. And then we are going to go back and do additional marketing to the consumers to drive them to use it at those restaurants. So with us, it's a, it's a full circle that we've got to bring to completion. One challenge that I'm experiencing right now with some of my outside sales reps is how do they follow our sales process, but then also may not necessarily dig in deep enough to really understand those hot buttons of that, that restaurant owner or make sure that restaurant owner knows that they're going to have the ability to reach out and touch tens of thousands of customers just by their phone. And so I guess what I'm struggling with is how do I convey some of the active listening skills that I use in my everyday sales to some of my newer sales reps that are just now starting off their career in this industry? Yeah, I think one of the things you mentioned as we were even talking before this is the importance of asking questions. and asking the right ones and uncovering maybe some of those challenges that the restaurant owner might be having that might not necessarily be apparent when they first talk with you. So how do you ask good questions? What's your kind of mental checklist as you're listening and formulating a question? Number one, it's always know your audience, right? You can get away with some things with some people more than you can get away with others. My token question that I use all the time, because it typically throws people off a little bit, is if I hand you a magic wand, and you had a magic wand that you could tap and you could make one thing go away that you just hate dealing with on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or a daily basis, what would that be? And I've gotten people to take a step back and saying, wait a second, you're here to talk to me about payments on a POS system. What do you care about my problems? And I said, I've also been in this industry for a long time and I've seen a lot of people solve problems the right way and the wrong way. And I don't want any of my customers having to go through that learning curve again. What are you dealing with? One interesting one was a guy and I was 
up in Atlanta, Georgia area. And the guy looked at me and I think he was trying to throw me a curveball, but he said, spoons are my problem, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) And I sat back and I'm like, wait a second, what are you talking about? Yeah. He said about three times a year, he's got to buy additional cases of spoons because this was a burger and beer joint where everything was served on a tray. You take your tray to the table. And, and they also did have a lot of good soups. They're known for their soups. So they go through a lot of spoons, right? So what he would what he found what was happening is spoons just simply got covered up with debris on the tray and the spoons were then dumped in the trash with all the waste on the tray, then the tray was safe. Never heard of anybody complaining about this before. So I got back to the office and I simply sent another email to all my sales team saying, hey guys, weirdest thing just happened. A guy had the biggest problem with spoons. He's losing spoons. Does anybody know resource for this? So literally I had two sales reps ping me back that they used to work at a food distributor. And they said, they sell these magnetic bands that go on the inside of trash bags that hold the trash bag in your trash can. So that way, when they pick up the trash and they dump it into the dumpster, all the metal catches all the spoons. So I immediately said, oh my goodness, Sarah, you're awesome. Thank you for telling me that. So I Googled it. I found the screenshot. I sent it, emailed it over to him. He texted me back. He said, this is amazing. He goes, I've been dealing with this for years and nobody's ever showed me this simple solution. And so it was just a matter of, was it anything that I was selling? Absolutely no. It was not, but because I was able to spend a little bit extra time, use my resources, my network to find out a solution to what he was sitting, what he was dealing with. To this day, I've never had to pay for a hamburger at that location, simply because he knows me as the spoon guy. Um, and we ended up selling a lot of technology there as well. So that worked out as well. But really, when it comes to active listening, I think, like I said, my favorite question is to hit them from left field. If you had a magic wand and you could fix one thing in your business, what would it be? Then what I like to do is if they tell me something other than maybe it's scheduling employees, maybe it's dealing with insurance companies, whatever the answer is. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll try to take that question away from them and then ask it again. Okay, so if spoons are no longer an issue that you're dealing with today and you still have that magic wand, what would be the next thing you do? And then they may say, you know what? It's dealing with employees now. When you get a good server, you feel like you have to bend over backwards to make sure that you keep them because there's just too many opportunities out there. So then we talk a little bit about how do you how do you make sure that you're creating an environment where your servers can make the most money, have the most amount of fun, and be efficient all day long. Um, so sometimes it's walking through a owner or a decision maker, helping them figure out why are they losing staff? What's that happening? But then typically I'll stop and I'll say, wait a second, we still have that magic wand. So boom, you don't have any more staffing issues. You don't have any more spoons issues. What's the next thing that keeps you up at night? And typically after asking the same question two to three times, each time taking that ejection away and not letting them use that ejection again. What I'm doing is I'm forcing that decision maker to really think through their answers and to think through their business day. Because in my business, sometimes restaurateurs are a little, I won't say 
full of themselves, but arrogant. They like to have all the answers. And think about it. They've created this place where people love to go eat. And they're, what are they being told every day? Oh, I love your place. Oh, I love coming by. I can't wait to go back there again. So these restaurateurs have been, they've done no wrong, right? So by asking them multiple times, typically the first answer or the second answer aren't, isn't really the real pain point that I'm here to solve for. So having to I'm having to ask the question, get an answer, take that answer away, ask the question again, and don't hesitate to ask two or three or four times. I love that. Break down some of those objections and be helpful, be a resource, and then to the, what you're actually there for. Yeah. Separate, divide, and conquer. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Ask great questions. Jay, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate your, all your wisdom and insights here. Thanks so much, Brad. I appreciate the time you spent today and can't wait to see what's next on Revenue Rhino. Absolutely.